And I think it's become sort of an industry where farmers will have people making them in their fields and then charge admission to like go tour around them. So basically it's like the, is this aliens version of a corn maze? (laughs) But I am super tickled by this and I like really want to figure out, like can we like crowdfund a crop circle of our own? (laughs) Like listeners, listeners, please go to our buy me a coffee and and buy and, us a crop circle and buy us a crop circle <laughs> i'm Paige, and i'm megan and this is spooky science sisters hello you're listening to spooky science sisters a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual we are excited to talk about crop circles this week (laughs) but before we jump in we have to do something spooky so Paige, do you have anything spooky to share this week uh not really but i don't remember have i talked about the housing market (laughs) (laughs) i want to say you did last time it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded though we sort of like took a break (laughs) so just a reminder if i if i didn't talk about it enough last time that the housing market is still spooky yes i i think that's correct it's it's scary how much uh people are paying for houses over their asking price it's right absurd now. so we're gonna need everybody to stop doing that so right. that Paige can buy a house and i have somewhere to hang out that because <laughs> basically when we have guests over right now it's like oh bring your own air mattress and sleep on our floor <laughs> <laughs> yay <laughs> uh, so great oh man that's about it for me though nothing nothing spooky the spooky okay. has left how about you uh i do have uh a thing <laughs> uh and it is Taco Bell related. I'm very excited to hear yes. what it is. <laughs> well, so you've already heard about this, but oh. I thought I was like, I don't know. I've really been thinking about this because I think it's so weird. So we just did, and by we, I mean my husband and I, uh, did a trip up to Michigan for our wedding anniversary. And we were trying to get lunch because it was I mean, at that point, it was past lunchtime, but whatever. We were trying to stop for lunch, and I really wanted a naked chicken chalupa. Because they're incredible. (laughs) Yes, from Taco Bell. So we, like, drove past a few exits, and they didn't have them, and we were getting close to our destination. We, like, thought that we had missed our chance, and... We got off on this smaller highway and I was like, well, oh, well, I guess we'll just like see, you know, what's at the exit or what we come across between here and where we were staying. And lo and behold, the exit that we were getting off of had a Taco Bell. Very exciting. And then we're pulling up to it and Stephen goes, this looks familiar. And I was like, really? I don't think so. And then we started pulling through the drive-thru, and I was like, holy shit, we've been to this Taco Bell before. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, in a, like, not super crowded part of Michigan, and it happened to be that we were, like, going on a trip up to my family's cottage a little bit further north the previous summer, so summer 2020, and yeah, we stopped at the same Taco Bell. (laughs) It is kind of spooky. We actually, and I don't remember, it must have been when you guys were living in Madison. Uh-huh. There, or like, or maybe it was like trips that we were coming out here or coming to visit you in Chicago. I don't uh-huh. know. But there's like definitely been like two or three times where we've stopped at a gas station or like stopped for food and thought like, we definitely we're at this exact same place yeah. before, which like, I guess is a little less spooky for us. Cause like we have made that trip so many times, but yeah. And you stop at like about the same time. Right, but yeah. This right. was like a different time of day. And just like what, it was just a weird coincidence that the exit that we had to get off of. So we could like head into the woods for our little cabin getaway. was the same one that had the Taco Bell that we'd already been to a year before. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, now I feel like I've got some sort of like Taco Bell sixth sense. <laughs> Great. Great. Uh, okay. And then the other thing, because I didn't watch the whole thing, I didn't make it all the way through, but since we're doing crop circles, it has come to my attention, and we've like possibly talked about this before, but I'm going to reiterate it because I'm shocked. It has come to my attention that like a lot of people do not like the movie Signs. Do yeah. You like it? I love that movie. Yeah. And I yeah. know a ton of people as well that, that don't like it, and I don't know that I understand why. Yeah. Like I've heard it come up in a couple other podcasts, and I think like last summer or something i listened to one where ryan sprague who does the something in the skies I think, yeah something in the skies podcast who does a whole bunch of alien stuff like was on one where they were like re-watching old movies and he was on the the crop circle one the the signs movie ones and they were giving it such a hard time so i was very sad i was like i i love that movie <laughs> that movie I, hey i think that movie's great but also First, what I also don't understand is, like, Elliot likes that movie, but it, like, scares the shit out of him. And I just don't think it's scary. Like, I think it's a good movie. Yeah. I remember it being so (laughs) funny. It was, like, one of the – it was an early movie date that your brother and I went on. (laughs) Oh, really? Just to see that in theaters. Yeah. And I remember it really scaring me then. And that was probably like, I feel like that movie was sort of, I don't know. I, I feel like it sticks out to me because that was sort of the point where I realized, like, I really like scary movies. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I never thought of Signs as a scary movie until mm. Elliot said it scared him. Yeah, I've just never seen it as a scary movie, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it is it is classified as like a a thriller or something, I think, under iTunes. Like it's not they don't put it under horror. Gotcha. Um, But anyway, yeah, here here's the thing. And like you'll say like, oh, I really love that movie to someone who doesn't like it. And they're like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why would they land on a planet with water when they're allergic to it? And it's like, does it make scientific sense? No, but like, whatever. You cannot tell me. That the scene where you see the full alien for the first time when Meryl is watching the kid's birthday party on the television, that is one of the best monster reveals in a movie, I think. Yeah. It's so, it's creepy. So anyway, (laughs) this is to let everyone know that I will die on the hill of signs being a great alien movie. (laughs) You can at me. (laughs) I will defend it publicly (laughs) and loudly. (laughs) I have a lot of strong feelings. I'm it's mostly just like I'm just so shocked to hear like I feel like fifty percent or more than fifty percent of people I hear it. They're like, oh, I hate that movie. What is it? What is it rated on? Um, oh, like Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I think yeah. it did well critically. We're going to we're gonna Google it. I'm Googling it. Great. Rotten Tomatoes. I put red tomatoes the first time and I was like, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. Um, so it got a, the tomato meter, which I think that's, that's like the critic one, right? Yes. I think 74% and then I got a 67% audience score. So yeah, that's not terrible. It's not terrible, but it's, it's, it should be like, are you saying it should be like 90%? Yeah. I think, it, I think it should be like an 85, 90% movie. But I also recognize that, and we've talked about this when we did the scary movie science episode, scary movies, even though this isn't like technically classified as that, they just, they never get the credit that they're due, I think. And like, I feel like the scale, we've got a, we've got a whole thing about this with Rotten Tomatoes, because Steven and I love to look at critical reviews. And I've got a whole thing with, like, horror movies that it's, like, if it's a horror movie and it has, like, at least a 40%, I'm, like, you know what? That's probably watchable. Like, I'll Oh, for sure. <laughs> Here's the thing is, like, even bad, most, even most, like, bad scary movies yeah. are still fun to watch. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like one that we, there's been a couple where we were like, this is really stupid and we only made it a few minutes in, but it's not many. I think Babadook is. Oh my God. You're wrong. See, that's one that you're wrong about. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) We've already had this conversation about (laughs) about spooky movie science though. So people already know all about that beef between us so let's talk about crop circles (laughs) yeah okay so i obviously listened to the astonishing legends episode about crop circles like what convenient timing that they just released that but like i swear that we had planned to do this for For a long time yeah yeah like before i knew they were doing that so we're not we're not copying we're just thinking the same things great minds i guess Okay, so crop circles, uh, or they suggested that, and I read in a couple places that maybe we see some crop circles in cave drawings that are uh, up to 30,000 to 50,000 years old, which, you know, I'm sure it goes along with like, you see these like weird, yeah, there's a lot of weird things in cave drawings, but like, here's what I recently learned about them. There has been, I don't know if it's a study or what it is, but there's been recent news that they've proposed that scientists, like actual scientists, have proposed that people who drew these cave drawings were purposefully depriving themselves of oxygen to like get that sort of like anoxic, euphoric, hallucinatory high while they were making these drawings. So it's like, who knows what the fuck they were drawing? Right. <laughs> what was happening? <laughs> so it's like, you know what? That sort of explains to me, like, why you see cave drawings with, like, weird shit in them, like monsters and stuff. Right. It's like, oh, well, these people were just, like, <laughs> not getting enough oxygen to right. their brains. <laughs> Which is, like, fascinating, and I'm excited. Like, I know at some point we're going to have to do, you know, like, a cave drawing and, like, those kind of, like, mega art, whatever they are, uh, like, the Nazca Lines episodes and stuff. But, um, yeah, I felt like that was, uh, that made me really feel like, okay, that explains away a lot of that. Right. (laughs) Anyway, so the only thing about the the suggestion that there you can see crop circle like things in these cave drawings that I felt unsure about other than, you know, the getting high part was <laughs> I also feel like I'd want to like double check with an anthropologist to see what the academic interpretation of those drawings are and what they represent because I tried googling it and admittedly didn't spend a ton of time on it, but I felt like I couldn't find anything really concrete in Google searches beyond some sort of vague ancient aliens sounding stuff, which is bullshit. So, so yeah. yeah, I couldn't really find anything either. Yeah. But anyway, so that, it, yeah, it's, it sort of seemed like something that people just like said in passing, but like, <laughs> but I couldn't find any like pictures of them. So there were like a couple of things where they were linked on like pin- someone's Pinterest board. And I was like, well, that's not helpful. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's also this, the mowing devil legend, which is like one of my favorite things I've ever found yeah i love this story (laughs) Um, and it comes from a pamphlet that was published in 1678 and it tells a story of a farmer who is apparently feuding with one of his workers over the (laughs) fees that he's requiring um to to like mow or plow his field yeah like the worker wanted to be paid too much basically yeah and the farmer was like "Uh -uh, not gonna happen and apparently said well this is like folklore um and apparently says that he would rather have the devil himself cut his oat field (laughs) than pay the price to have him do it and in this pamphlet there is a photo of and and we'll post these but um there's a photo photo, we mean drawing drawing like it's a woodcut (laughs) i'm looking at a photo so but yeah (laughs) uh it's a drawing and it's of like you know, a little devil looking guy with a scythe and just like a little plowed oval kind of Uh around him. And 
apparently this pamphlet is has been used as evidence that crop circles were like a pre-modern phenomenon. Yeah. Like everyone everyone talks about that pamphlet. And which yeah. Is just it just makes me kind of angry because <laughs> I like I even have I don't know if you saw this, but I have like a re- um website in our links that mm-hmm. like is specifically like a class about plow patterns or um yeah <laughs> Look at like you. the different plow <laughs> patterns and like yeah. farmers plow sometimes in a circular pattern so like yeah. to me this is just a freaking picture sorry drawing of what yeah. would a, what would something somebody plowing would look like right <laughs> that's yeah. all it is <laughs> yeah i've played fucking farm simulator i straight up plowed in a circle sometimes exactly. like in a spiral so i could i don't know shake it up a little bit because it was freaking terrible at, like turning around to do straight lines <laughs> just go around uh yeah so people you like to use this and like first let me just reiterate that i love this story so much and that if it's true and this guy actually existed that guy rules (laughs) oh yeah it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) Ah, what a great comeback i'd rather have the devil himself cut my field than (laughs) i'm gonna pay for you to do it i'm gonna find a way to use that (laughs) that's a sick burn right there (laughs) (laughs) okay so, yeah, we've got, like, some cave drawings. We've got some 17th century wood cuttings and news stories. Uh, but the first things that we sort of consider more what we would think of in terms of modern crop circles start to appear in the 1960s. So in the 1960s, In Australia, you start to get these reports and news stories circulating about, quote, uh, flying saucer nests. (laughs) And these were paired with UFO sightings. Specifically, there's a story of a farmer who says that he sees a flying saucer fly away from this swampy spot. And he went to check out the spot and it had left the reeds and the grass below it flattened out in like a circular shape Mm -hmm. but there aren't any pictures of this so it's like well (laughs) i can't really verify it but that's like yeah and so one uh, article that i was reading about it suggested this is sort of more a ufo report than it is a crop circle report because yeah so that's the 1960s then in the 1970s is when they really start to get popular so crop circles start appearing in southern england and they would always appear overnight so no one would see who was doing them uh i did find that people who quote-unquote study them call themselves seriologists like cereal study because i think they're they're made in grain like wheat and stuff so i think it's really funny so sorry if you're into that but that's sort of a hilarious slash adorable name for you it's a little funny to me that crop circles as we know them gained their popularity from ones in england and that most of them appear or have appeared there, because to me, we live in the Midwest, and and I've lived in the Midwest most of my life. You've lived in the Midwest your whole life, and it's like, um, we have a lot of corn mazes. Right. So I'm like, they do pretty intricate designs. <laughs> so I feel like it just like doesn't seem like people are always like, oh, no human could do this, and like this is just so crazy. And it's like, <laughs> but we you can do only see the design it, from above. And it's like, um, you clearly have not been to a corn maze. <laughs> I was surprised researching this that there wasn't anything that like talked about that. <laughs> I saw it mentioned once or twice, but not much. And I do recognize that there are differences, like in a corn maze versus a crop circle, because. In a corn maze, the corn stalks are completely dug out or harvested to make the paths for the maze. Whereas in a crop circle, you know, they talk about 
they're doing them in like wheat fields and stuff, which are a little bit more fragile and like doing it without breaking the stems and stuff. So it's like a little, it's a little more uh, precision work, detail oriented. I don't know, but careful work, I guess. Yeah. But still, I was like, well, they do pretty elaborate corn mazes. So. Right. Okay. So these start appearing and people were obviously very intrigued by them. A lot of these, I guess, aren't that far from Stonehenge or have like even appeared in the fields, like directly adjacent to it. So that obviously gets people very excited because there's a lot of stuff about Stonehenge having weird origins. Then the appearance of crop circles peaks in the 1980s and 1990s, and they get more and more elaborate over time. Some of these illustrate like complex mathematical equations. Uh, one super adorable idea <laughs> about their origin, and there's like people who study them, like there was actually scientific studies going to try and figure out like how or why these things were appearing. One of them is that they were actually created by, I think the way it was phrased, and I did forgot to to write it down exactly, but it was like vigorous mating activity of hedgehogs. Yeah, I, the article I had read had said like, uh, horny hedgehogs partaking in like vigorous sexual activity, which is probably my favorite theory that we've ever talked about on a on this podcast. A, I love hedgehogs and had one and I think they're adorable. But yeah. B, like, how funny is that? Yeah, that they're somehow, like, accidentally making these, like, elaborate designs. Also, they're, like, fields. tiny. Yeah, that would have to be... That <laughs> would intense. be shocking. Because, yeah, some of them are, like, hundreds of feet across. So, that's some serious hedgehog action. <laughs> Hey Hey there! there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com see you soon okay so another important thing about these crap circles and i guess i i mentioned it a little before but is that no one has ever caught someone in the act of making one. And I think that might still be true. Like, no one's actually caught someone making one. So it definitely adds to, like, the whole mystique sure. behind that. Um, so, yeah. I wanted to ask this. I don't think I saw it. How, like, when are people still reporting crop circles? Like, uh, is, is it I still should a know thing? for this episode. I sort of got the impression that they still show up, but that it's more of, like, a touristy like we all know that this was created by people thing okay so people don't think it's like well well yeah we'll get to that okay (laughs) but yeah and like the other thing that i forgot to add to the notes but i want to mention is that like there haven't been any crop circles that have been at least reported uh publicized crop circles in remote areas like they've all been found close to like roads and cities and like places that are easily accessible by people so gotcha yeah (laughs) okay so now we can talk about what the heck they might be what what are crop circles (laughs) so you you seem to have already known about this i clearly am not as familiar with the the crop circle gossip um Uh but it's so apparently in 1991 two farmers in england came forward and like 
claim to have started the crop circle phenomenon. Mm -hmm. You knew this already? Yeah. Like prior to researching? I knew this because from listening to a few podcasts and like, I don't know, I think I'm just a little have listened to a little bit more weird shit than you, so I knew. <laughs> well, I guess it depends what you mean by weird shit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, paranormal alien shit, I guess. Right. <laughs> well, so, these two farmers, Doug Bauer and Dave I think Shorty, it's Bauer. Bauer. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. I was close. Yeah. They claim that they started the crop circle ph- phenomenon by using ropes and planks of wood and like walking, just walking through the crops. Yeah. The the Smithsonian Magazine article that I read also said that it was their attempt, like it was a prank, it was an attempt to make it look like a flying saucer had landed there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and I I didn't put the year, but I think, if I remember correctly, it was like the 60s or the 70s that they started this? 76, 1976. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to point out, is that they did this for 12 years <laughs> before. Before they finally, like... Before they fessed up that it was them. But, like, I believe it. Like, I think that they just, they started the whole thing. And they said that they got the idea because of those stories from Australia about the flying saucer nests. And so the story goes that they were like at a pub one night and they were like, you know, it would be fun <laughs> to make people believe that aliens were landing in these fields. So, yeah, so they did this for 12 years and starting in 1976. And I guess like eventually felt bad enough when the freaking Queen of England had a book about crop circles on her 1989 summer reading list. Which I guess they release, like, sort of like Obama releases his reading list each year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so she releases her, her reading list. And, like, that's when they started to feel like, this is getting out of hand. So they <laughs> confessed to doing it. And I guess they initially, they were going out and, like, they first got this idea. They were going out. And for two years, they were just doing these. But, like, they would get mowed over. People were just ignoring them. And none of them were getting picked up by news outlets. And then I guess like this perfect field that was on a hillside in like a touristy area opened up and or like got planted with wheat or something. And they did a crop circle there. And that's like when it went crazy and became this like national sensation. And you get, you know, seriology and like all these people trying to figure out what's going on and actual like scientific efforts towards figuring out what's creating them. They probably feel, feel, feel so cool. I wonder if they're still alive. Uh, I don't know. I know uh, Dave, he died in 1997, I think. Um, I'm not sure if Doug is still alive. But I guess Dave Chorley's quoted as saying, they called us superior intelligence and this was the biggest laugh of all. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, having so much fun and apparently during this uh several year period or yeah over a decade apparently one of their wives accused them of like being up to something shady like she thought they were cheating (laughs) and then they proved it to her by making a crop circle like near where they lived or something and then she thought it was funny and let them keep going (laughs) so yeah. So they come out in 1991. I'm sorry. I've just like taken over. I'm too excited about this. But they come out in 1991 and they did a public demonstration like in the daytime with press present to show how they did it. Uh, and I had heard from someone that like someone came in to like independently verify it and like couldn't tell that it was made by people or like any different from any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And There is this quote from Doug Bauer about their experience after Dave passed away. And he says, It was just pure enjoyment on those beautiful summer nights for two artistic people under the stars amid all those cornfields. We were both 19th century people, really. We were in another world. I don't consider being on a planet for 60 years as much use if you don't leave your mark. We don't want to make publicity. We just wanted to make fools of the experts who were springing up everywhere. (laughs) My wife said Dave and I were like chalk and cheese, (laughs) but we were in a team. 
in tune with nature like chalk and cheese is like the most british expression i've ever heard uh (laughs) what does that even mean uh other people made money out of the corn circles the experts the farmers who charged entry but all dave and i got was a really big laugh but it's been a wonderful experience and i wouldn't have missed it for the world that's sweet isn't it so (laughs) sweet like it's just and I think they were older, like when they started. Like I think they were maybe like sixty. So probably both of them have passed away by now. But yeah, just like these two old guys who were like, wouldn't this be hilarious? And then they kept it up for over a decade. <laughs> and made everyone think that they were real. That's too funny. Yeah. Anyway. It's also cute. It is cute. Like, what a fun thing to do with your friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like kind of vandalism, but it's also adorable. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so before they came out about it, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, people still thought aliens were involved. Mm-hmm. And there were other people who kind of followed and followed their lead and joined in in the crop circle making. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really, they claimed and and um, when you said this was Duh, Dave who made, who this quote was Dave's mm-hmm. um, and Dave even calls it art, but they, they, Oh no, it was Doug. Doug. Wait, which one? I think it's Dave. After, no, it was Doug's right, Doug. quote because it was after oh Dave had passed away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He says that it's art and a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of followed suit and they also claimed it to be a way of creating art. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I didn't know that people had come forward and like, oh, okay. you know, said that they started it. But mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, I'm obviously not surprised that people had been making them. Yeah. That's kind of my assumption when we started this episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much it's just like... I I think overall it's accepted that these are these are and have been public art installations slash like that's the fancy way of putting it slash they were just hoaxes right so yeah and there's been all sorts of stuff like you know they were making them with these planks of wood and rope or sometimes I guess they would use like an iron bar and a piece of rope to stamp down the the crops. There's been some buzz about like using microwaves to bend plants, like to bend the stalks. And apparently some biophysicist in the 90s found evidence of like microwave radiation, specifically in the nodes, which are like basically like the joints in the plant stalks mm-hmm. of the grain and said like, oh, the microwaves heat these up and they expand and then they'll just like bend over without breaking. So that was their explanation for that. So it's possible that, like, somebody was sort of using, like, a little bit more advanced technology to make these. And I listened to one podcast that was like, this type of technology, like, isn't something you could get at home. But then Stuff You Should Know podcast made it sound like you could take apart a conventional microwave oven and get the magnetron out in order to generate the microwaves. And I guess for at least a decade, you've been able to get a portable magnetron that can be powered with a 12-volt battery. So you could carry it around with, like, a field huh? and basically just, like, follow a GPS watch. What would you, how would you even know to do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just kind of like a weird little bit of knowledge for somebody to have. Yeah. Who's just out there, like, microwaving their fucking plants? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, so some of these are pretty sophisticated, though. And like, like I said, they were these representations of like pretty complex mathematical equations and stuff. So, I mean, I get a sense that the people making them were probably pretty smart. So they might have come up with some pretty creative solutions, you know? Yeah. To do it. So. I did find out that there is a group of people called the Circle Makers, <laughs> and you can hire them to make crop circles for you. I want a crop circle. <laughs> Fucking right. So if you go to circlemakers.org, they still like truss it up like it's some super secret, mysterious project. And I think like most of the people involved are still anonymous like it's sort of it's still all very secretive and like I think that's sort of on purpose like it's like a 
like, we know you know it's not real, but, like, we're gonna, like, we know you know it's not, like, aliens or something, like, otherworldly or, like, whatever, new agey happening, but we're just gonna, we're gonna still be really secretive about it to keep it fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, like, even the History Channel has hired these people to make crop circles so they can, like, film you know, footage for TV shows that they do about crop circles. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also... I hope they come at night. Yeah, no, they do it at night. Oh, like they, they Yeah, sure. like, that's, they <laughs> keep so it, like, hush-hush, and they do it, like, overnight and stuff. Like, it's still very, like, they keep it very secretive. And I guess it's become... And I don't know if it still is. So this is what you were asking, like, do they still make crop circles? I think they still make them because, like, yeah, they're still maintaining this website and stuff. And I think it's become sort of an industry where farmers will have people making them in their fields and then charge admission to, like, go tour around them. So basically it's like the, is this alien's version of a corn maze? (laughs) (laughs) But I am super tickled by this and I, like, really want to figure out, like, can we, like, crowdfund a crop circle of our own? (laughs) Like, listeners. Listeners, please... Go to our buy me a coffee and and buy us a crop circle. Buy us a crop circle. (laughs) (laughs) If we get enough people to donate to that, I have no idea how much this costs, but we will make a crop circle. (laughs) Where are we making this crop circle at? I don't know, but here's the thing: I live in the Midwest, and I know from like the the stuff about farmers charging admission to look at them and like i think this is at least in in england but like the the amount that they lose on you know the the actual crop getting ruined by getting smashed to make the circle is like way like it's only like a few hundred dollars worth of crop versus like they can make like fifty thousand dollars in a summer (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> Letting people tour it. It is a little sad to think of all the people, though, who, like, didn't make money off of it. Yes. Yeah, there's definitely... People have gotten in trouble. It is technically vandalism to, like, for the people who are going out and doing it, you know, well, like Dave and Doug, <laughs> <laughs> who basically just got drunk and thought this would be hilarious, and I... <laughs> really relate to that uh and then i guess there are other artists who who still like i don't think it's just these circle makers people i think people will still go out and anonymously make crop circles and there it's more of like a vandalism thing basically it's all sort of like banksy style art installations (laughs) so yeah i think it's fun i think it is too yeah be a circle maker yeah well yeah i think one thing I can't remember specifically circle makers or what, but I think like some of them it's like a like it's like a volunteer organization. So it's just like volunteers who like think this is a fun activity and they go out and make them. So we could probably form a club. I'm looking at some of them right now. They're really fun. Yeah. They're really cool. So I love them and I need enough people to donate to our buy me a coffee. <laughs> To make this dream a reality. <laughs> okay, so here's the, here's the big take home from this whole section about Dave and Doug and the art stuff. And like, yeah, there's some weird stuff about finding microwave stuff, but that could just be readily available microwave technology that people have figured out how to take advantage of the, in these cases. Like 100% crop circles are, are just art installations slash... Right people having fun slash vandalism. (laughs) There have been things throughout the years, and I think this is what Dave and Doug are talking about, where, you know, they're sort of, they're sort of like coming up against scientists who are saying like, oh, maybe there's like wind vortices or like tornadoes touching down or dust devils or whatever. And that's what's creating these weird patterns. But yeah, I think you can pretty much dismiss all that. Like once they come out and say, no, it was us, you guys. And like right. then a bunch of copycats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be an explanation for the flying saucer nests in Australia, since those are like a little more nebulous as to like if they were, you know, these perfect designs. But we don't have any pictures, so can't can't say anything about it. Okay, I'm very chatty this episode. I was very excited. I wrote a lot of notes 
I got very into it. So I'm just like talking over Paige a lot. So I apologize. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the last thing that people say that crop circles is, I think some people still believe that it could be aliens, which to that I say, <laughs> I wrote this exact thing in our notes. Absolutely not. What a dumb fucking way to communicate. <laughs> that is always that is literally my argument for every like every single time we talk about aliens. Yeah. It's like, why does everybody assume that aliens would first choose the most difficult way? I yeah. mean, I guess like there's no other way to like, that I know of to get to our planet. But like, why would they choose the most difficult fucking way to communicate with us? First, they have to travel here. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then they do it at night. So yeah. like there's zero chance of us communicating back and then they leave some weird cryptic message in my corn. Like yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so dumb. Like you're telling me that this society is advanced enough or alien civilization is advanced enough that they can travel from, you know, another solar system or even another galaxy to come visit us and like they're like we're just gonna leave a little message in the corn like absolutely not and normally it's a message that like you have to like dig really deep to find yes yeah and so people point to one particular crop circle that was created in 2001 and i'm gonna let you pull up the wikipedia page so you can look at it so this crop circle people argue appears to depict an altered version of a message that Carl Sagan sent out in coordination with SETI and the Arecibo Observatory, which is gone now, and that makes me very sad. But they sent out this message in 1974, and I think it was in, I want to say it was in binary, but it was a radio message that they beamed out to a, a particular cluster of stars. And you look at their little message, like, on you can go to wikipedia look for arecibo message and you can see the information and it's basically like a not cryptic but like a simplified representation of like different things that are important on earth so it includes the numbers a representation of the numbers one to ten the atomic numbers of the elements hydrogen carbon nitrogen oxygen and phosphorus which is what makes up dna the formulas for chemical compounds that make up the nucleotides of DNA, the number of DNA nucleotides in the human genome, and a graphic of the double helix structure of DNA, a sort of little physical representation of a person, and, oh, some stuff about the human population of Earth. They've got a little graphic of the solar system. And a little graphic of, like, what transmitted the message. So this is the Arecibo radio telescope. So it's super cool. I actually didn't know that this message existed until until I heard about this. Yeah, this is cool. So great. So that's out there in space somewhere. Um, and you can, the Wikipedia page is actually really good for this. So it, like, explains how they represented each of this in each of these things in binary, which I think is really awesome. So then at the end of that page, it has a the Arecibo answer, which is a crop circle that appeared in 2001, again in the United Kingdom. And it's basically, it's not a crop circle, it's rectangular because it is a visual representation of the visual representation of the Arecibo message, except that key things have been altered. So they changed the focus to from carbon to silicon. So like to try and make people think like, oh, it's silicon-based life versus carbon-based life. But I think the dead giveaway that this is a load of bullshit <laughs> is that they put like a little alien guy on there with like a big head and like the little eyes so it's like basically the x-files alien on there and it's like no this is clearly fake okay yeah that's ridiculous yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway we will we'll definitely share that when we post this episode <laughs> because i saw that and i was like no this is a hoax <laughs> this is really dumb <laughs> This so, is yeah. this, so this is like the this is what people think the response 
to that original message was. Yeah. Like Why they, would this be the way to respond? I don't. You, well, yes, exactly. So, yeah, I forgot to, to say that. But, yeah. So, you're suggesting that aliens picked up this radio message, which is, like, already very unlikely, <laughs> that we sent out in 1974. And they decided that the best way to respond was to fly to Earth and leave some cryptic artwork in a field as a response. Like, absolutely no. not. They'd respond with another with radio, another radio message. message. Oh, you have that in your notes. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they would like maybe come to Earth, but like they would just come show up in our atmosphere and they'd be like, hey, we got your message. Like they're not just going to go make a representation of it in a field. So anyway. And just happen to know what we all think aliens look like. Yes. Yeah. Like conveniently, they look like the cartoon aliens seen in like every X-Files episode. So just ridiculous. Uh, so silly. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned though that like this also works for like a time traveling theory. Because oh, I saw oh. some about that. Yeah, I like couldn't find a ton of information on this, but there's apparently mm-hmm. some like theory that it's just like people time traveling and mm. making the crop circles like, oh I don't... no i think i did see yeah some reference to that that it's like people have somehow come back in time and they're like using the crop circles to send us a message right but like i still go back to like we we right now have enough in our history books to have a general understanding of how people before us communicated. There's no fucking <laughs> way I'm going back and making this stupid crop circle in, in hopes that when I leave, they understand what my mess. No, like, I know how they communicated. I will choose to co- try my best anyway to communicate <laughs> in the same way that I know they communicate. <laughs> I yeah, can't understand. Just, yeah, like, that's just such a dumb thing. Like, wh- why wouldn't you just come back and, like, Send somebody an email. Like, right. I, I don't know. I don't understand. Use like Morse code or something if it's that time. I don't right. know. But, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like nobody <laughs> is time traveling and then being like, you know what the best way to get a message out to <laughs> humanity? Crop circles. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So this is sort of where it comes in that, and you were kind of asking about this before, is like, to me, from a lot of the stuff that I read, it seems like there's sort of like this unofficial agreement, like wink, wink thing between seriologists and circle makers where the circle makers like do their best to like, you know, not get caught, do things at night, like be very secretive about it. And the seriologists like sort of feign ignorance and just like enjoy the mystery of the whole thing. And I'm sure that some people take it seriously, but like, yeah, some of it just seems like, okay, we know, but like we're, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just for fun. It's just for fun. So that is, that's crop circles. There are people. (laughs) There are. It's people. It's not aliens. It's not weird weather <laughs> patterns or I think I saw like weird like electrical something or other happening. No. No. People aren't <laughs> coming back from the future either and talking yeah. to you through your wheat. <laughs> They're just not. It's just not what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Just just logically think about that. <laughs> Makes no that's so much effort. To visit another planet and then be like, I'm just going to leave you a message in your farm. (laughs) Right. It's like the amount of effort it would take to get here for them to leave a message they know you're not going to understand in the middle of the night. So there's no way to. Yeah. Although I would argue like that, that particular crop circle, like the Arecibo response or whatever, like we understood it. Like we you know, we knew that well, it was changing. Yeah. Because it was just... But a, that's one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's one. It's not like, yeah, all the other ones where it's like... Right. Where it's like someone why? comes up with like some fucking story that they're clearly reaching for because somebody put a picture of a dog on their corn. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, if I'm traveling 
anywhere yeah. to talk to somebody. Even if it's three hours from here, I'm going to make damn sure I see them face to face. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how insane that would be? That would be like, you're trying to get in touch with somebody who lives in China, right? Somewhere really far away, right? And you think that the best idea is to fly all the way to China, show up in their front yard and like, I don't know, draw a picture draw of something a picture and leave it on their in their yard porch. and then just and leave. And then leave. And like hope that they figure out your message. <laughs> Do you see how insane that sounds? <laughs> yeah, I think... The only thing that really surprised me about this episode is I'd heard about um, Dave and Doug before. I knew, you know, that there was a ton of of hoax activity around them. I kind of got the impression from some stuff that there's like some crop circles that are unexplained still. But again, I think it's just like no one's come forward to claim that they did them. And I, I was sort of surprised that like we've pretty that this one like is just we've pretty much all accepted that like it's an art project like there's not yeah. yeah i thought there were still like a ton of people but basically if 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 listeners haven't caught on at this point like i don't i've like i've never been like a big alien person like i've never like gotten super into alien movies or listened to alien podcasts i didn't watch x files like this i just never really got super into it and so i this was all learning for me but yeah um, but i like definitely thought that there was like a pretty significant number of people that still thought aliens were making the crap circle so yeah so there you go at least in like the the mainstream reliable source world Nobody is suggesting (laughs) (laughs) I guess I could have tried to, like, listen to some more fringe podcast episodes or something. But, you know, at this point, I value my own sanity enough not to do that. (laughs) We always have more episodes. Yeah. In the early episodes of the show, I was like, all right, I want to watch Ghost Adventures to really figure out their take on this haunted place. And I'm like, no, ditch that. None of that's real. I'm not doing it. <laughs> okay. Uh, all well, I think that's it, right? Yeah. That wraps us up for our episode on crop circles. Tune in to episode 33 for our second spooky true crime episode with special guest Kina from Historical AF. If you liked this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky SciPod, Facebook at Spooky Science Sisters, and at our website, SpookySciencesisters.com. If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at SpookySciencesisters at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and stay spooky. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at StraightUpStrange.com. I'm Anne Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. 